This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to the Heroes of HP12, the Wiccan Wanderers podcast powered by the fans. I'm Michael Kenny, joined as usual by Adam Cooper and Dan Clark. Lots to talk about. Oxford, Cambridge, FA Cups back. But before that, before we get into that, breaking news. Blooms is staying. Contract extension. Way. Hey. Yes, good news, isn't it? Quite nice news to start with. Um mm. I don't know how long his contract was originally. It seems a bit weird to be extending your manager's contract after after he's been there like half a season. But um, I wonder if he perhaps had like a I don't know an eighteen month contract and they've just extended it because they're happy with the job that he's done. Um, I don't know, but no. So it, it it can only be positive. And obviously with um, with Josh last night as well, Rob's obviously uh, brought his checkbook with him over from America. <laughs> uh, I saw him. Oh, Almost skipping around the ground at half time at uh, half time yesterday, so he's obviously lightened the load a bit and got rid of some of the pennies that were holding his pockets down. So, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, good news, really good news, um, and 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 very well deserved. Um, really pleased for him. Couldn't couldn't happen to a nicer guy, and I think we would all agree that that the football, the way that he's brought it on, and the improvement that we've had from uh, from where we were at the end of last season has been uh, has been huge. So yeah, well deserved. Very very happy. And um, long may it continue. Here's to another 18 years, hopefully. Mm. Exactly. I, I think we're a club that just benefits from stability. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously, Josh and Matt kind of signing on for decent-sized deals is uh, is a massive thing for us. And I think that, you know, obviously, Rob's longer term is that uh, investment kind of opportunity and I think you know for him now it's key for us to get to the championship as soon as possible you look at the disparity between championship and league one in terms of funding once he gets a championship if we can stay in the championship then you know that's a really attractive proposition for him so to bring that stability in I think is absolutely key I think Josh is going to be an integral part of that do you know what actually I, was, I can't remember it, I think it was Paul Lewis put up um, Sheffield Wednesday which was our first win um, 
our first win, I think it was like a year ago or a few years ago today. Mm. Um, and I was looking at the team that was celebrating and you've got like, obviously, you know, Kashkat and, uh, and Alex Samuel and things like that. And you think actually in terms of the team that we've got now compared to what we had in the championship, if we did go up, even with this squad that we've got now, how exciting that is considering, you know, the levels of player that we've got now. Um, yeah. And obviously Blooms is behind all that. So it's, it can only go can only go up from here for me, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, in, in the statement that's just been published on the, on the club's website, you know, Rob is full of compliments and, and rightfully so, obviously, um, mentioning that Blooms was probably really the only person that came to mind after Gaz went to QPR, mourn him in a bit. Um, but just full of compliments with regards to, you know, constructing uh, a first rate team of staff around him and impressed with recruitment. And the recruitment has been uh, superb and, and we're going to, we're going to go off on another Luke Leahy tangent uh, in a bit because uh, what a signing he's been. Um, so yeah, really good business on and off the field. Um, in terms of the, the, I do find, as you said, Adam, I find the timing to be kind of odd and I don't want to be, I don't want to be, um, I don't want to put my Tim Fall hat on for too long. But do you think that this contract renewal may have come because there's been perhaps a, a a wage renegotiation. There's perhaps you know adding some length onto the contract to ward off interest because there are a lot of clubs who are looking for new managers right now. Yeah, there's also a lot of clubs who are looking to to go through kind of the change that we've been through, if you like. Mm. Um, yeah, it seems to be all the rage to have a a young at last. I'd much rather a young English manager than a journeyman foreign manager any day of the week. Um, who plays, you know, that progressive football, playing through the lines, the kind of football that we've spoken about and the kind of football that we're playing. Um, and like I said, I don't know if they offered him like maybe an 18-month contract or a two-and-a-half-year contract and they're just a bit worried that, you know, come come January, which will probably be the next time that, that Rob and the gang are back over here, that somebody might have come in and, and turned Bloom's head. Um, it can only be a good thing like dancers. I think we're a club that that thrives on on stability. We, we we've never really been a club that like after four or five games we're second managers. Um, yeah. You know, even back in the day when we had some absolute dross, we went second managers after four or five bad games. Um, you know, I think that you know we learned under Ainsworth while the football was very very different that that stability can be a a very very positive thing at a football uh, at a football club, and you know I think you can't question Bloom Bloom's passion for the project. You can't question his love for the club, and you can't question his loyalty. Um, you know it would have been very easy for him to stay at Colyer, probably twenty minutes down the road from his house, see his kids more. He was probably managing to do the do the school pickup after training, you know, and his life was probably much much easier there, particularly at you know, very average League Two team. He's put himself in a position where he's where he's jumped up a division to a club who are for the last three or four years have been challenging at the at the right end of the league. Um and he's taken a bit of a risk. He's um he's put his personal life second, you know, his kids and his and his wife back up in Felix though are probably not seeing as much of him. And um and you know he's done that for, for the club that he's been been very very loyal to for a number of years and we don't need to go over the same conversation that we've had previously about him but yeah I think Rob's probably recognized that recognized the fact that he's done the job that we all thought he eventually would and has rewarded him with a bit more money and a bit of extra time 
you'd think he'd move, wouldn't you? I mean, he's been 20 years at Wickham <laughs> and he's he, now manager and signed a decent deal. Just move house, mate. He lived in Reading, didn't he? So he, he lived in Reading when he was younger, when he was playing. Um, I yeah. think it was I think it was COVID that encouraged him to go back to Felixstowe. Um, and I'm guessing that the girls are probably at school up there, which is um, which is why I'm now, moving. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. So I know that his his oldest is, I think, a year older than Lockie, and his youngest is a year younger than Lockie. So they're probably kind of both at that age now, where changing schools probably isn't the most sensible option. They've obviously got you know family links up there. Blooms has got all of his football mates up there, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's not a million miles away, but at the same time, you know, I've, I've been spending a lot of time up in Ipswich recently with work, and it's a horrible drive. Can it tell? I, wouldn't be, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be doing it every day. Um, yeah, I could, uh, I could tell you everything on the menu in the uh, in the Brewers Fair next to the uh, Premier Inn because I've eaten in there about fifteen hundred times in the last three <laughs> months. So you know, it's um, it it, it is say with the load down that you've. With the lowdown you've just given on Bloomfield, there, we're surprised your second house um, isn't a bush outside. Is <laughs> well, funny enough, Damo used to have a joke right at the very, very early stages when Blooms came. Damo used to have a joke that he uh, that he lived in my understairs cupboard, and I only let him out for uh, for home matches and training. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that um, it, it's very much deserved. It can only be a positive thing, and. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, fair play to him. He's taken the risk. It's paid off. And hopefully in the longer term, like Dan says, it goes towards sort of championship stability. Yeah. Yeah. We can only hope. And uh, I mean, it's all, it's all lots of upside potential. Uh, we are building something once again, that's, that's very, very promising. Um, and I, I will say that I do find, I mean, it's a very curious time to be announcing the, the contract kind of uh, renewal or extension, whatever it is, um, because there have been, you know, obviously with, with what's happened with, uh, with Gaz, you know, the, the, there are the, the inevitable conversations of, Oh, do we get, <laughs> do we get Gaz back? Do we get Dobbo back? No, we've I'm, moved on. I'm, right? Yeah. I, I, when we just saw that announcement, there was a little bit in the back of my mind that thought, are people kind of thinking, oh, we can get the guys back and things like that. Um, and then I thought, if uh, if Blooms has got a new contract off the back of that nil-nil draw against mm. Cambridge last night, then bloody hell, Rob's going to be impressed when, when he comes over and we're winning more games. So I do, yeah, I, I do wonder what would have gone through Blooms's head, you know, when when the news came in that Gazard uh, left QPR, because I, it must go through a manager's head. You know, replacing oh, a manager that had been with us for so that. long. Yeah, it must have been. Anyway, look, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Gaz uh, in more detail in a bit. But no, really good news. Uh, and obviously paired with, I know you mentioned, uh, Dan, with uh, with uh, Josh uh, signing a new contract extension as well. We're doing some really good business uh, off the pitch. Looks like Rob has maximised his time uh, in the UK. Cheers, Max. Uh, cheers, Max. See you. Cheers, Rob. See you in a few months. Uh, let's talk about... Let's talk about Oxford. Let's talk about the game on Saturday. Uh, Two-all draw. Absolutely a, a strange game. I wouldn't say I enjoyed watching this one, and I can't imagine many neutrals would. It was it was noteworthy. Um, free penalties, multiple minutes of stoppage time. The referee had an absolute Halloween shit show. <sighs> where, where do we even begin talking it was about this shit. one? 
it was one of those games that like it it was actually quite entertaining, but it was entertaining for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> had ha, had we had a decent referee, that would have been one of the worst games of the season, only to be overshadowed by last night, which we'll come on to. But mm. I think the referee actually made it like a little bit more entertaining. Um, I thought we started really, really strongly, and Bloom's touched on that in his post match interview, didn't he? He said that we'd started strongly. Mm. Um, I thought the uh, I thought the first penalty, although it's unfortunate, um, it's got to be given. The defenders gained an advantage by using his arm. Um, mm. There's no question about that. I think it's got to be given. Um, the Hanlon one. If I'm the goalkeeper, I, I don't think I'm ever sleeping again. Um, yeah. he, he has made contact with him and look when you make contact with somebody in the box you are ultimately giving the referee an opportunity to make a decision but the ball had gone the ball was almost out of play um, it, it it seemed a crazy decision and uh, apparently that was a referee's first game in uh, in League 1 apparently he the highest he'd been before that was League 2 Um Luke he said in the press afterwards that he was impossible to speak to. Um, there were a couple of the others getting on the uh, getting on the coach who weren't quite as uh, weren't quite as polite as that. Um, I, unlike many others, I thought the Oxford penalty was actually a penalty. Okay, um, I like I love Luke, um, but I do think there was contact, mm. uh, and it doesn't matter whether there's whether you're on the edge of the box or whether you're three inches away from the byline there's contact it was a foul anywhere else on the pitch it's just a scrappy foul you get up and you forget about it the fact that it's in the area in the last minute yes it's unfortunate um but i thought it was do a you, foul do you think uh, the referee was looking to kind of give it though 100 100 percent, and he missed one i'm uh, i think we have to say this for the reason of balance he missed one about five minutes before that um that i think was probably more of a penalty um and you know he obviously he sent off um, Manning, cocky pants, didn't he? Manning, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, he sent him off. Uh, he, he had an absolute nightmare. And it wasn't just him, by the way. The linesman, our side, was equally as shocking. And it wasn't just shocking for Oxford or shocking for Wickham. It was shocking for both teams. He wasn't up with play. He was giving throw-ins the wrong way. Um, there didn't seem to be any kind of communication from the referee as to what people were getting booked for. Um, it was just handing yellow cards out left, right, and centre. Uh, the application of the laws of the game wasn't great at all, um, and I think everybody just lost the will to live by the end of the game. It was such a poor showing from the officials. It's, but, you mentioned you mentioned the sorry, Adam. You mentioned the the handball that was given. Obviously, it it was you know contact is made with a hand. It's denying an opportunity to to progress in that passage of play. Uh, it was a penalty for sure. However, one thing that I noted and I mentioned it to chat was um, there was a almost mirror incident for Oxford in the first half where the same thing happened and yeah. the penalty referee didn't even look at it. Yeah. It was the same thing. So yeah. Oxford should yeah, have had a penalty. It's, 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 it's almost identical. But I, what, I would say slight was, difference. what I would say was where the Oxford players turn around, he's knocked the ball out of the way of two or three Wickham players. Yep. Whereas, whereas when it's happened in the other box, the ball has gone... Towards slip, the Oxford players, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, it, it, and I'm not saying the Oxford one was was deliberate. I don't think it was, but I think when mm. it's happened in our, but I can't remember who it was, but whoever it was has gone down and actually pushed the ball like back into the, the back grain. into players. Yeah, yep. it's actually it's worked against us rather than for us. And I think that was the that was the biggest thing with the first one was the fact that it worked against us because if he doesn't do it, it falls to a Wickham player and we get a shot away. It's- 
if you look at it though, when as the ball's coming into the Wickham player, it he the way that he goes down, he, he slips in a way, so there's not much he could do with his hand in that situation. Mm. It was a key. I think it was a key, wasn't it? Yeah, I it think might so. have been. Yeah, um, I think it was key. With the McGrain one, he's moved his hand in. I, I look. I know when you're going down, a natural position is just on the floor, but it's slightly unnatural by the fact it's so far away from his body. Yeah, miles out when he's almost um, scooped it. Miles out. Yeah, exactly. Um, and as you say, it's going into a path of a Wiccan player that can shoot. So he has to give that. Um, the problem was the consistency. Yeah. The, the entire game, was the, the consistency was shit. And that, that's the problem. And, you know, I think that's the first time I've seen Wickham and Oxford fans agreeing on something as much as that, is that the referee was shit for both sides. Um, the, I, I'm going to disagree with you on that on their penalty, Adam. I don't think it was. I think he's leaning into it. Um, a bit too much for my liking, and that's where he's I looking think it, for it. Obviously, he's looking for uh, it. Yeah, he's, he's he's looking for it, but uh, to me, leaning in isn't a foul. Um, and the problem is when you're on the edge of your butt. And look, I love Luke Lee. You know what I think of him. I don't have to say, to, to tell you anymore. A player of that experience should not be sliding in in that position at that time of the game. And um, whether you think it's a penalty or not, uh, I personally think it's a foul. It's just a scruffy foul. Um, but, well, he had, he had, he was back to goal. Yeah, he's, he's not really yeah, doing much yeah. with there it. There is absolutely no need for him to go in like he did, and I think he's tripped him. Um, which, which by the letter of the law, whether we like it or not, is a foul. It's not denying a deliberate goal scoring opportunity, but it is a foul. And if it's a foul, then he's got to give mm. a penalty. I, um, think, I don't know that. The- I'd, I was going to say I put money on the referee giving a penalty as soon as we had that penalty given by Brandon Hanlon. I thought immediately the ref is going to look for any opportunity to yeah. give a penalty here. If I knew that, everyone knew that. Mm. The Oxford players will have known that. They will have yeah. found the That's the reason that Lee he doesn't jump in there. Down. That's the reason that Lee mm. he doesn't jump in. He's got to stand his feet there. Um, and he'll, look, look, he'll know that. He'll absolutely know that. And he came out and he, what, he was kicking himself because he said, I don't think it was a penalty, but I went to ground. Um, and you know as soon as you go to ground as a defender you're giving the referee a, a decision to make. And a I think, decision. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just don't let him make the decision. Just get in his way. And when you've got the opportunity, put your foot through it and send it into Rosehead for a throw and we walk away with three points. But, yeah, it's disappointing. Um, but lots and lots of positives. Look, they're a really good side. They're a yeah, yeah. bloody good side, especially at home. Nice. Um, and I thought for for big periods of that game, we're the better side. Um it was a funny game because the referee kept stopping and starting it and the linesmen were getting things wrong, but I thought we kept our heads much, much better than Oxford did. Um, mm. They made some changes, um, which I don't think benefited them. You know, Brannigan came on. I think he's been out injured for a while, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. The lad from Everton, I can't remember his name, um, didn't start. I was quite surprised by that because he's super, super, super quick. Um and I think coming up against Keogh, I think he probably would have caused us a problem. I don't know if he's had a knock or whatever, but he was on the bench. Um, I can't remember his sodden name, but... Uh, me, but me coming up against Keogh would have given him a challenge. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, bloody <laughs> sna- I'm a <laughs> snail. So. Yeah, Stan, Stan Mills, isn't it? The, um, the, the guy who's on loan from Everton. And I think... I, I don't think they've looked at our, uh, at our team and thought, oh, do you know what? Stan Mills can create some chaos here. I think... That they really missed a trick by leaving him out because his pace would have absolutely how, ruined how, us. How old is he for a name like Stan? 
I think he's like, like 19. Yeah, I think he's Stanley. Old names are making a comeback. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sixty. I, I tell you who I was quite impressed with, and and I think that something was said about about this player during the game is uh, is their goalkeeper. I thought you know obviously conceded oh, yeah. two goals, two good. penalties, but fantastic. Made that really good early save to. Uh, to it was deny only about seven Taylor. as well, wasn't it? Yeah, but it really good performance, and I think yeah. he's highly touted. So, um, and and I think he did well. I mean, the the you know Dale's effort was quite close to keeper. So, um, but it had quite a lot of power on it, had a lot yeah. of venom on it, and I think he did well. I thought Oxford started. I thought we started well, but Oxford grew into it, and their first goal was a really. I mean tactically astute, really kind of capitalised on on our line being a little bit out of uh, you know a little bit in disarray and uh, it was a really well taken goal and as soon as that went in I thought here we go I thought we, yeah, were, so did we I. were probably in a bit of trouble because so um, but, but strangely they kind of I mean probably not so much them more the referee just as you said really disrupting the play I don't think any side could really build any kind of momentum and uh, I mean if you go and uh, look at the stats on SofaScore your favourite website Adam um, you can actually see the the um the ebb, the ebb and flow mm. of the game, it just kind of bounced back because no one could really uh, establish a, a, a commanding kind of passage of play. Um, so, so yeah, a, a strange game, um, but ultimately, you know, to all, I think on the balance of play and absolutely terrible ref decisions, I don't think we can really complain about that, can we? I'd have been happy with a draw from the start, 100%. Yeah, yeah 100%. I mean, but... Go on, Dan, sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I was, I'll be nice. I was just going to say the um, the nature of their first goal. I think you are absolutely right, Michael. Um, but the nature of their first goal really disappointed me because it was almost a carbon copy of one of the goals against Bolton the week before mm. where they've just run at us. Nobody's closed him down. Nobody's followed him. Um, and I think I don't want to go massively in on Freddie Potts because I think he's a quality footballer. But I think had Scowen been playing that more Didn't holding role, yeah, he would have, he would have gone with his man. Um, and he, he he's had acres of space to run into. He's run at us. He's run at us. He's run at us. Nobody's gone out to him. Um, and you know, eventually he's managed to uh, he's managed to get the shot away. That's my only frustration is that we've been undone a little bit by by our own poor defending. I know mm. Blooms has said some quite positive things about Keo today. Um, I think he's being nice, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, he's, a, he's a lovely bloke. I've got no no doubt that he's a bit of a general in the changing rooms. But if you're challenging to get promoted in this division, you cannot carry passengers. And he, he's looked a bit of a passenger to me. Just, I think he reads the game brilliantly. I think he's a good defender. But as Dan said, us three could keep up with him. And, mm. and unfortunately, at this level, that just isn't good enough. I think he's I think he's getting the time because of his he's a veteran. He's yeah. he's been in the game for for decades at this point. He's got he's got a really good football brain on him. Uh probably not the player you'd stick in your car, but he he oh. is he's he's got wow. a good football brain and he's uh he's the kind of guy that you know, you can have a lot of young players and we've got a lot lot of young players in the side learn through osmosis. So but yeah, I, I agree that the physical element you know he's he's thirty seven going on sixty one, and uh, you know against some of the pacier, you know he's going to get outpaced. Yeah, against yeah, pretty much anyone he comes up against. Um, 
one f- I do want to talk about it before we do move on. Uh, actually, quickly first before we move on, um, hero of the game. Who who do you reckon had the best game? Uh, who, who was our best player on Saturday? Go on, Dan. Luke Lee. <laughs> Calm and composed for two penalties. To stand up and take one penalty is enough, but to do that twice over, as cool, calm, and collected as he did, you got to go for the. You know, you got to go for Luke. Um, I just think he's an absolute leader. He's he's just he's just brilliant. I, I, every time we play, I just think, how have we managed to get someone like Luke, Luke Lee? And he was playing for Shrewsbury. You know what I mean? Like you'd expect him to be. I saw something today actually that said um, best signings in the top four divisions, and they were kind of listing like James Madison was up there for Spurs, but Luke Leahy was on that list as well. And I was like, yeah, Joe, you know what you're right there because he's mint. Didn't cost sixty million either. <laughs> Didn't cost sixty exactly. million. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, what um, what signing? I'm going to go a little bit left field. Um, all right. I'm I'm going to say Killian Phillips. <sighs> I think he mm. was, um, and look, Brandon pushed him really close. I, th- I thought that was the best game that Brandon had in a Wickham shirt. Um, uh, he was really, really, really lively, and he really showed what he's capable of. Um, but I just think that, that that the passion and the maturity that Philip showed in the centre of that midfield was stunning. And what I absolutely love is like it looks like the veins are going to explode on the side of his face when he's celebrating. Passion and within seconds, within yeah. seconds, he's turning around and he's going, right, calm down, calm down, heads on. And he's he, he's so mature for a young player and for a lone player to be that passionate about the cause. Oh, yeah. um, we've obviously got a really good egg there. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go, I, I'm going to go Killian Phillips, although until about 10 minutes ago, I was choosing Brandon, but it was definitely between those two for me. So, yeah, I'm going Phillips. So I'm I'm joining you with uh, with Killian Phillips. I thought he was absolutely yeah. mega on Saturday, and uh, yeah, for for that when when we got the second penalty, just that that fist pumping, yes, boys, yes, boys, loved oh, it. But calm down, absolutely you know, you, you don't see that from lone players. Uh, no, you, you don't because they they know at the end of the season, no matter what. I mean, I, have we got him until January or to the end of the season? I think I he's all season, isn't he? Season. I think he's yeah, all season. I think yeah, so. I hope um, so. But that—that's what you want. That's what you want. He's come here to learn. He's coming to learn from this group. He's coming to learn from Blooms, and he does seem to be learning as well. Because you know, he got off to a little bit of a slow start. He came in. He came in after the start of the season. Uh, first couple of games, you know, adjusting to not only the new side but also you know League One football. Uh, I think he's been fantastic, and you know, I've been singing his praises on previous podcasts. But the game, uh, you know, on Saturday, I thought he was superb. I thought he was decent last night as well which we'll come on to uh i think this obviously it makes sense to kind of talk about uh the other element of uh of killian's uh saturday um bit of a bit of a touchy subject and and i'm sure the referee's probably quite happy with this because it really took a lot of the attention away from his absolute horror show and obviously you know what i'm talking about here the uh the the reports and well the the footage coming out that uh killian didn't join the side with uh with observing the one minute silence he was silent but he obviously didn't link up this um now it it's going to it stirs emotions and uh you know seeing what the reception was like on social media um some people made some good points but then you had people that were making some very, very poorly drawn out points. Um, interested to get your thoughts on this, guys. 
Yeah. So um, I've had a bit of a think about this, to be honest, over the last few days um, because of the backlash that he's received. And mm. I think largely, obviously, Killian is from an Irish background and some of the stuff that happened within history, obviously, he's been on or his ancestors have been on that side of you can understand the position that he took at that point. Now, largely, our our opinions in this are, are absolutely irrelevant. Um, because we we sh- we don't have we shouldn't have an opinion on whether someone wants to stand for something or not. Um, I saw a lot of comparisons between, uh, you know, taking the knee and things like that. But this is completely different to that because race, looking at racism and gender equality and things like that, that's striving towards equality. That's striving towards no discrimination and people being the same. And we should all be pushing for that. However, this is a military. I wouldn't say celebration, but this is a, res- a respect for a military. Now, with military, you have the side of the military that, you, you know, one people are on that benefit from the actions of that military, but then you have people on the other side, it's very black and white, who have been, you know, potentially suffered greatly because of the actions of that. And that's where I find it very difficult that, you know, for, for me... I don't feel that something like that should mix with football, with sport, um, because it stirs up such big views. And obviously you can understand it from both sides, but Killian's got a right. If he doesn't feel like he wants to commemorate that, he has a right to do what he needs to do. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think he was respectful in the fact that he was quiet. Um, I put something on... Uh, Twitter actually uh, I, don't, I don't think I've ever had a post that's had so many likes um, but I'm just going to read it out but there's an awful lot of people who need a massive history lesson uh, this is a very complex uh, and very emotive subject uh, and one that if you're not Irish you're probably best staying out of the boys mustard let's concentrate on his football um, really? but I'm, I'm I'm very very proudly British um, and I very much believe that that the remembrance celebrations are something that 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 I want to be a part of. Um, but at the in the same way, I am not religious at all, and I don't believe in I don't believe in a god. You'll find somebody else who perhaps doesn't celebrate the remembrance side of things as much as I do, but but strongly believes in God. Does that make one of us wrong? No, it just means that we have different differing opinions. You wouldn't find. Americans being expected to celebrate the lives of the people who, you know, caused the uh, the horrendous scenes um, at the World Trade Center. You wouldn't find um, Ukrainians being asked to carry out a minute silence for the Russians that had been lost in the invasion. And I think this is where this becomes a very, very complicated matter. If we want to be an equal and diverse society, we have to understand that not everybody's going to have the same opinions as us. Um, and the reasons for that are not always going to be easy to understand. And I think we just need to, as long as they're being respectful and as long as they're living by the law of the land, um, I think we need to be respectful to the fact that actually people do have different opinions to us, and that is the world today. Um, And let's focus on what he does on the football pitch and how he conducts himself as far as his behaviour and his attitude towards the football club rather than what his beliefs are. Um, and that's kind of all I've got to say on it, to be perfectly honest with you. 
I think Thanks, my Morris. big yeah, I think my big takeaway from it really was that I don't think it would be an issue the the remembrance service has changed over time to honor um those who have participated and given their lives in all conflicts not just the first world war not just the second world war but all conflicts and um remembering what i what i know from when james um mclean uh came out and 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 explained the reason why he wasn't going to wear the poppy and and that was the reason he said that if it was for the first world war for the second world war i wouldn't have a problem with that but the fact that you're asking me to honor people that participated in the troubles is is something that he you know just obviously couldn't support i think yeah. the thing that i sh- struggled with when i was looking at some of these tweets particularly some of the more uh you know the the, the harsher you know stuff that really you know has been thrown his way this is a young lad as well yeah. um why did people you know why have people participated in these wars why have people given their lives it's to protect freedoms it's to ensure that we enjoy the freedoms of the life that we enjoy today. And and I think part of that is your ability to choose what you what you do in life and the opinions that you have. That's a freedom that people have given their lives uh, to ensure that we have. And to see some of the comments that I've seen on the internet um, that have been, quite frankly, racist, xenophobic, and fascist. Some from Wickham um, fans, by the way, as well. And uh, I think, you know, I think... It's. I think people have the right to be upset, you know, with with what he's done. Um, I think he has the right to do what he feels is right. But we have to we have to approach this understanding that life is nuanced, and that people have different opinions, and people do. He's not done this to just be difficult and to say fuck you to 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 military veterans and people that have given their lives. He's not. He has his reasons. And um, unfortunately, I don't think people have, have seen that. Um, I agree with both of you. Um, it's a really difficult subject. Um, and, you know, I think the thing that matters is the the club seem to be behind him, um, which is great. And uh, he's doing all of his talking with those wonderfully passionate performances. So uh, as yeah, long as 100%. he, you know, as long as he keeps that up, we're not, we're not going to have any problems. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's move on to uh, last night's action, Tuesday night, Cambridge. Uh, <laughs> in the chat, we said after half an hour, this has got nil-nil uh, all over it. But there are positives, right? Nil-nil, clean sheet, and, uh, and almost one of the most iconic own goals in the history of Adams Park. Yeah, there was a. I said on the chat last night, you lot were being super negative. Jesus, you were going down the lines of like Wickham Twitter. Um, <laughs> I got home and I couldn't sleep. I was concerned for all of your welfare. Um, look, uh, we knew that Cambridge were were going to come and be defensively astute because that's what they've done all season. I think I read a stat before the game, actually. I wish I'd have read this stat before I put my prediction in. I think they're the fifth best defensive record in the in the country. Um, I think they're the third best in in League One, third or fourth best. Um, and look, we've all heard about the Great Wall of China before, but who knew the Great Wall of Cambridge existed, right? I mean, I, I sat there yesterday. Again, I put this on the chat and I thought, is this what other teams were experiencing when they were watching us under Ainsworth? Because it was utter shite to watch. 
we played lots and lots and lots of nice passes, pretty football um, in and around the middle of the park. Um, I think there was one occasion where they hit the bar and they hit the post, didn't they? And yeah. and the ball bounced away. But apart from that, we didn't really look like we were under any danger whatsoever. Uh, the goalkeeper was time-wasting for a minute while. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points at the death. Who doesn't love a last-minute winner? Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, um, uh, I think, and we keep going back to this, but I think the one thing is just our ability that when we get one chance, we've got to take it. Hanlon had that chance where he just couldn't get his fit, his feet together he was as bad yesterday as he was as, as he was good on Saturday folks he had the chance you know pulled his bloody hamstring while he's while he's pulling the trigger what are the chances Wheeler had a volley um that you know on another night might have struck somebody and gone in there was a lot of frustration but I think first of all you have to say hats off to Cambridge they got exactly what they came for they might have bored us to tears while they did it fair play to them you know they've done it um and they've walked away with a point which is exactly what they were looking for um I found it very very ironic that um that on a day where Kevin Betsy comes back to Wickham there was um there was lots of very promising build up but no end product um, which is what he gave us for for many many years. <laughs> so yeah, I think um, I think the the less said about the game, the better. It's not going to be one that sticks in the memory, but um, but it wasn't all negative. Um, I had booze last night. It's just utterly ridiculous. The bloke behind me was off again. I don't know who turned his on button back on, but he was off again. <laughs> Bloomfield out. All TJ does is runs around and. Um, t- t- tough as Ollie's got the ability of this, that, and the other, and oh, Harry boys, why is he bringing him on? He just moaned about everything. Um, it was a very, very strange night. The atmosphere was really poor. Um, the weather was horrible. I think everybody was out trick or treating. There wasn't that feel of a of a Tuesday night under the lights at Adams Park. It was all a bit going through the motions. Um, and, you know, the fact that we managed to have a pretty good conversation on WhatsApp while we were all watching the same game says a lot about what was going on because it was just as dead as a dodo, wasn't it? And when when David Wheeler's coming on and changing the game, no disrespect to David Wheeler, but he isn't a, necessarily a player that you'd expect to come on and change a game like he did. Um, I think it probably tells a story as to, to, to how much of a battle the game was. Um, but, but look, it's a point. Um, 
you know, we've still got a game in hand on a number of the sides above us. We've we've stopped the rot as far as letting in silly goals is concerned. Although Max did try his best yesterday a couple of times to did <laughs> to... at home with that save towards the end. Did yeah, he did. The save, the save at the end was absolutely yeah. stunning. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, clean sheet, some nice football. I haven't, as you know, I don't look at stats, but I I would think it was probably. F- 450, 500 passes pinging about in there, which is, you know, promising again. I thought we had the line share of possession. Cambridge played a lot of long balls. Um, Sully Kaikai proved that he's still not a footballer, despite the fact that he's been to two football clubs after leaving Wickham. Um, And, you know, really, I think Cambridge will have left the happier of the two sides, but is it a disaster? No, it's absolutely not. Um, you know, what is a bit of a disaster is the size of our injury list. Folks has got injured now. I think that takes mm. us up to seven, maybe eight players who are who are injured. You've obviously also got Jack Waitley, who's out on loan, who's who's done his cruciate as well. Um, so we can't call him back. Um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a real concern with injuries. But um, I don't think it was as doom and gloom as everybody made out yesterday. I'm going to take her. Uh play a drinking game and have a shot every time Adam says stunning or describes something <laughs> as stunning. It's a good word. It's a good word. It's twice twice tonight. Yeah. I'd be, be well on my way by now. I'd be pissed, yeah. I, 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 I don't think I was expecting the word stunning to be used in the Cambridge segment, though, to be fair. <laughs> no, me neither. Me neither, because as you said, we were a bit more uh, negative. Yeah. I don't think it's a disaster, but I kind of badge these games now, and we've had it over the last two or three seasons. I pin these games. I've, I've kind of you've got very set Wickham performances, and like back a few years ago when we were coming up from League Two, it was the fact that it was always a three-two or four-three, and we'd score in the last minute to win it, or score two in the last minute to win it, and that's one band of games. Um, you've got the resolute, slight clinical performance like Portsmouth, Ipswich where we'd win 1-0, Sunderland where we would win 1-0 and it would just be by the skin of our teeth but we'd be like a, a decent sized club. We seem to have this band of games now. It's Cambridge, Burton, Shrewsbury are the three that I kind of put together at the moment where you kind of expect that we should really win it um, and I feel, I don't know why I, I say found, feel stupid for saying it but I think if that game was on a Saturday I think we probably would have won it Um but there's just these games where we should win quite convincingly and we just end up either losing it or drawing nil-nil. And yeah, it just it's frustrating because we know we're better than that, but we just seem to lack that clinical edge at the end. And that's that's the one thing that we're missing. I think the amount of, sort of chances we squandered. Yeah, I I mean I just laughed when I saw the possession stat at the uh, at the end of the game because it was just we had we had the lion share of possession, so it was obviously a game that we were not going to take anything from. Obviously, we got the point, we got the clean sheet, so we do need to look at the positives there. But I don't know. I I just I, I don't know if I was just in a bad mood last night, which is entirely possible. And I just I just thought it was a shocker, just one of the one of the more boring yeah. games I can remember watching. And I think it might have just been because I went into that going, well, we've we've you know. Two draws uh, uh, out of our last three games against very tough opposition. And for some reason, I think I just went into this going, well, if we've been able to get some good performances against those sides, we should. I know football math isn't, you know, a thing, but I just thought that we should have been getting more from that game. But, you know, Cambridge credit. 
Cambridge credit, you know, they're set up well and uh, they're well drilled and they knew what they were going to to do last night. Uh, we knew what to expect from Cambridge and uh, they, they, they got it. They got the and uh, they are set up to be a mid to low table side. I don't think they're in danger of getting relegated. They're not in yeah. danger of getting promoted anytime soon. Um, but yeah, I was just I was just in a bit of a foul one last night, and I just thought it was just putrid, really just frustrating. Uh, and I just thought we uh, we could have been playing for six years, and it just would have been the same thing. Do you think though that our our thought like our outlook on the games like that have changed slightly because not not that we've overachieved, but I think all of us kind of expected this to be a bit of a transition season where we would probably be around where Cambridge are expecting to finish up like mid-table but because obviously we've gone on a few runs on the trot we've actually had some good games against tougher opposition um that we should be winning these games i don't know do we feel all our opinions have kind of changed halfway through and our expectations have increased yeah i think the thing is dan is i i think the 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 term that i would use to describe the wickham side that's playing at the moment and i like this is all action we're going to concede goals but we are going to score goals too. And to then go, you know, after having fixture after fixture of, you know, lots to talk about, to go into last night and just have it be so subdued. Yes, Um, was was just, I wasn't expecting it. And um, yeah, I I think you're onto something there though, um, about our expectations have changed. My expectations as to where we're going to finish this season have not changed and they won't change. We're finishing 12th this season and I'm going to be bloody delighted when that happens because I think that's a really good marker. That's a really good place to build off of. And some people will go, oh, that's negative. It's like lots of change this season. Manager, okay, managed five games for Colchester, but he's still very much a rookie. Um you know, so I don't think my my expectation has changed in terms of where we're going to end up. But expectations in terms of performances, yeah, probably, probably. I was expecting something a bit more all action. I was going to ask a question. Actually, I don't know what you guys think of this. Um, do we think that the formation threw us yesterday, going from from five at the back to a four two three one? Um, do you think it, it threw did, us a bit? It didn't work, did it? No, it was just... We kept a clean sheet. I mean, the first time in ages, we actually didn't have anyone score against us. Weirdly, you take a player out of the the middle and and we stop conceding. I don't know how that works, but it it just didn't didn't click. Like that little position we've spoken about that Leahy's normally so good in, kind of like linking the defence and the midfield, it was just... There was just nothing, and he was coming inside, and then f- falling over Freddie Potts, and then Freddie Potts was falling over somebody else, and then, you know, Hanlon was doing his best impression of Bambi on ice and, and, and in the box. It was just all a bit, all a bit like disjointed, and it was it, it was really frustrating. And I'm not surprised you're in a mood yesterday, Michael. To be honest with you, because it, it it was that kind of game that put you in a mood. And I think it's only having the 24 hours to kind of get over it and think about it and actually think, do you know what? It was it was a terrible game to watch, but the quality mm. wasn't terrible. The quality of some of our passing, the way we kept the ball, yeah. was was great. The I think the biggest thing that I was disappointed with was that we didn't try something a bit different a bit earlier, put a bit of pace on, you know, try and fill those little pockets in front of them because they weren't going to come out. They weren't going to come at us and start really attacking us. Um, that probably would have been the game to 
to try and maybe go to to three centre backs with with Declan Sakura maybe and mm. um, and just th- throw your throw your wing backs forward and get them as far up the pitch as possible. Even, maybe even playing McCleary as like a left wing back um, if Harry Boys needs a rest, shoving Declan in there and you know getting getting Pattenden and McCleary as far up the pitch as possible as early as possible and you know making us making us have sort of six, seven really, really, really offensive players because I don't think that they would have caused us a problem. But, um, but you know, in, in Bloom's we trust. Um, I'm convinced that there was a reason for it. Um, and, and, you know, on, on to the next one. Yeah. I do think, I, you know, you know, you know me, boys. I love me a four at the back. And um, I, I think it's very important to remember that we tweaked the formation. We kept a clean sheet. I will say, though, that Cambridge, okay, don't, don't concede many goals, but they don't score many goals either. So if you're going to be tweaking the system, they were the team to to, to tweak it against. Uh, be interesting to see um, if, if that sticks on Saturday. I, I don't I don't think it will, but we'll get into that. Uh, before we do move on, talk about um, uh, the old gaffer. Um, who are we saying was the hero of the match for last night? Um, slim pickings, potentially. I'm, I touched on it very briefly. I'm, I'm going even more left field with this one. I'm going to say David Wheeler. Mm. Um, I thought he, he came on and I thought he actually really took the game to them. He was the one player who looked like he he was being direct without whacking the ball long. Um, he had a couple of opportunities. He was throwing himself about a bit. Um, yeah, I'm going to say Wheels. I think there's a potential to have an argument for a couple of others. Um, the save that Max made was stunning. I don't think his overall performance was was amazing. There's another shot for you, Dan. Um, I yeah, yeah, I just think that that, that Wheels was the one for me that um, that really sort of stepped up and came in and um, and really put a message on the gaffer's door that you know he should be considered for starting on Saturday. I'm going to go so left field. I'm shouting this from the sold-out car park, but I'm going to go for Jasper Pattenden because for a lad of that age to come into a squad that is at the moment challenging near and around the playoffs for League One, come in where he's only played non-league beforehand and shift from a five at the back where he's a right wing back to a four at the back where he's a right back and be as comfortable as he was picking up, mopping up the balls that were coming forward and doing what he was doing. You gotta give credit to the lad. Um, I think he slotted into this team really nicely. I, I at the moment, as much as I love Jack Grimmer, because I, I don't hope he stays injured, but I'm really enjoying him on the commentary when I'm watching. He's great. Watching he's the great. game on the co comps, he's brilliant. Um, but you know, I think he's gonna give Grimmer and McCarthy a run for their money at right back, and Kane Vincent Young as well, who should be a winger anyway. I actually think four two three one suits our depth more. Than the five that we've got, the five at the back that we've had before. I, I think mm. for a, for an attack, especially against these lower level, so I say lower level. I mean, it sounds so derogatory, but the teams that you kind of expect to be down there at the end of the season, um, we should be setting up like that. I, I was so excited when I saw the lineup at the start of the game because I thought, oh, we're going like four two three one or four two four mm. or something like that, and I thought, bloody yeah, we're go- we're going for this. This could be a goal fest, and then Naffle. It wasn't. So. It wasn't to be. No. Um, mm. So I. So I did. I do want to give um, Max his flowers for that save at the end. Um, I, I. I honestly think that that was the difference between you know 
the the, the point and and taking nothing from the game. I think that was as good as a goal. Um, and look, he's had a couple of shaky performances recently. We've discussed it before. Uh, it's a really difficult position to play. Lots of pressure on you. Uh, didn't start particularly well. Distribution was a little sus, but I think that save was absolutely superb. He is, however, not my hero of the match. My hero of the match, and I'm going even more left field. I'm going so left field, I'm practically coming back on the other side. Um, my hero of the match. My hero of the match is uh, Liam Bennett, Cambridge uh, United's Liam Bennett, um, for, for just giving us something to talk about with with that absolutely outrageous near 40-yard back pass that, that nearly gave us the points. Um, don't know what he was thinking, but that was doing the rounds on the media this morning, and um, that would have been something if that had gone in, wouldn't it? That was my only highlight of the game. It was. <laughs> You fixed it. Uh, but there you go. Liam Bennett, hero of the match. Um, let's move swiftly on. Uh, we're going to talk about this really quickly before we talk uh, Bradford on Saturday. But obviously, as we know, as everyone knows, uh, Gareth Ainsworth has uh, left QPR. Uh, legacy, not great. 28 games over eight months. Only five wins. Only one of those at Loftus Road. 19 defeats. 19 points out of a possible 81 um, they've brought in uh, Marty Sifuentes, probably butchered that pronunciation, coming in from oh, the Swedish league. Weird, weird appointment. Like they, you know, they start off with um, with Beal trying to play expansive football out from the back. They then bring in Ainsworth, who doesn't play that kind of football at all, and tries to bypass the midfield as often as he possibly can. And now they're going essentially back to where they were going before. The thing is, I just don't understand. What what's going? I mean, we know QPR is an absolute mess, um, but why would you even bring in Ainsworth in the first place? You know, why bring in someone knowing that it took him eleven years to build what he did at Wickham to get rid of him after eight months? What's the point? Uh, do you know what? Uh, get your shot glasses out because QPR are a stunning study of shit, aren't they? In terms of organisation, <laughs> they really are. Like they, they they brought Ainsworth in obviously to appease the fans. That that was you know they were losing side with the fans. And I noticed that um, Amit Barty has gone. I presume I think that's how I pronounce his name. Um, has gone today as chairman, and they've got Who's has uh, stepped up from CEO to mm, chairman. Mm. So um, there seems to be a bit of a change around there, and they QPR fans seem happy for it. Um, I. I think the only thing that I feel a bit sad for, and I only feel sad really for, for Gaz and Dobbo, is the fact that you know they, they went into such a mess and they thought they would be able to fix it. But I'm sorry, no one was going to give them as much of the time of day as, as we would. Um, QPR are turning into the new Watford. There's absolutely no way he was going to be able to give, a, give a two or three seasons to turn it around because they're, not, they're, they're just not going to, allow that the fans aren't going to allow that and that that structure is not going to allow that i feel so sorry for dobbo because he didn't want to go um mm. but to be honest with you look they've probably got a decent payout they would have had to pay out the rest of his contract to get rid of him so they could have a break for now and just be happy for a bit and then see where they want to go next i think the thing that i just just strikes me is so odd is to do it after the leicester game where all reports you know from the qpr fans from the neutral from the press were that they played really well and Leicester, yeah, you know, of course, of course. I mean, you don't just bring in this new manager, you know, 
overnight like that. So, so the plans were in motion. I just think it's so unfair. Um, Adam, question for you. Um, we mentioned earlier that you know, if if Gaz and Dobbo want to get straight back into it, there are plenty of options at the moment. I mean, the Lincoln gig uh, is open, although I think Danny Cowley would quite like to go back. But, you know, if they're looking to go in a new direction, that could be a good fit for him. But there's also Grimsby, there's Millwall, uh, Reading. You know, they're not doing very well at the moment, although they can't pay anyone at the moment. So that's probably not a good destination. There's potentially Bra- uh, there's potentially Bradford. Um, what would you do no. if you were Gaz? I the, the the whole situation has has not covered any any party in a huge amount of glory. Um, I think I'd be taking a break if I was Gaz. Um, I, I I love the bloke, and you know my thoughts for him. I think that there should be a bloody statue outside Adams Park of him because of what he gave to our club and what he did for us. But there is no doubt that the style of football that he plays is turgid at times. And the problem is when you're going into a club who a year ago were top of the league and flying, you cannot go there, serve up dross football and lose. How many games was it? What, he won five? In? Nine, 19 defeats. Yeah, yeah, 19 defeats. You can't lose 19 games. Um, and that is unfortunately just, how football is and you know it it looked like it towards the end he'd started to move away from his um tried and tested um and i think that was probably a sign of desperation um the statement to be fair to qpl was really really respectful um i thought they were they showed a bit of class with that but but in answer to your question um i think he needs to have a break i think he needs to to revisit his capabilities he's had a lot of stress in 11 years at wickham some of which he was funding with his own money you know buying goalposts with his own money and god knows what else there is absolutely no doubt that the guy is an absolute diamond bloke he will always be welcomed back at wickham um but if i was him i think i'd be taking some time out maybe going abroad and having a look at some coaching methods and working out how he can bring his style of play um, to at least, you know, a more modern style of play. But, you know, what what he wants to play and what managers are starting to play now are two completely different games. Mm. Um, And it's sad because he's a lovely bloke. But, you know, you also have to look at the fact that they've not been able to back him with any money whatsoever. He couldn't even bring Chris Farino in for half a million quid or whatever it was we wanted to spend on it. He's had to make do with with frees and loans, etc., which is fine when you're at the bottom of League Two and you've got a fan base of four or 5,000 who don't expect anything. But when you're managing a, a side who have been in the Premier League in, you know... Less than 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, less than 10 years ago. Um, you know, challenging for silverware um with you know managers like Harry Redknapp etc 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 you cannot go in there and be expected to to turn it around with with freeze and and loans and you know it it tells a story that he was having to get Dominic Gape in um on trial at the beginning of the season to have a look at him you know there's no way in the world I love Gapey but there's no way in the world he should be even considered for a trial in the championship and it's 
it's a really sad story. Like you say, Dan, Dobbo is the one that that really I feel sorry for. Um because he was Wickham through and through. What he did at Wickham with, you know, the players that he brought through and how he developed that youth um system when he was there was remarkable. And then how he how he supported Gaz was was absolutely brilliant. And he's the one, you know, he wouldn't have been on as much money. Um He's the one who would have had less say over the style of play, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, he's he still lost his job. So, yeah, I've, I think if I was him, I think I'd be going on holiday first and foremost. And then I'd be perhaps planning some uh, some little trips out to uh, to sunnier climates to see how um, how some of these foreign coaches work and, and then try and get going towards the end of the season. Well, whatever, whatever happens... Um... We love you, Wild Thing, and uh, wish you all the best. And uh, we hope uh, we hope Gaz and Dobbo bounce back um, and come back stronger than than before. Um, FA Cup at the weekend, up for the cup. The cup adventure begins. Uh, we 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 were talking about one club in absolute turmoil, but Bradford aren't too far off that. Uh, it's also the Gus Allen beat Derby. Um, yes. Yeah, it is. It is. Love a bit of Gus. Um, look, FA Cup. Bit of a, you know, we've not been past the first round for the last two seasons. Both times we've lost against uh, Hartlepool and Walsall, so lower league opposition. Never really know what to expect in the FA Cup. We don't even know if we're going to, I'm sure the, we're going to be taking it seriously. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what configuration we line up with. But Bradford, they're uh, they're in a mess. Uh, they got beat at the weekend by Sutton, bottom of the table, Sutton. Uh, Mark Hughes was sacked on the 4th of October, so it'll be a full month uh, without uh, a manager when we uh, face them on Saturday. Uh, their player caretaker manager, Kevin McDonald, he stepped down to concentrate on playing. So first team coach Mark Truman's going to take charge of the game. They're 16th in League Two, five wins, five draws, six defeats. But, and as we've mentioned on a previous pod, it's a, it's a tough place to go. It's a nice place to go. Um, it won't be easy. What are our expectations are you guys up for the cup? That's the question. Mm, I, yeah, of course. Dan, you've been buzzing for, for this for, since the draw got made. Um, it's an hour just, away. Yeah, I have to say, <laughs> I have never, ever, ever been less interested in a first round of the FA Cup tie. Um, I think a lot of that, I think a lot of that is because I'm worried about the injury situation. Mm. Um, I almost want him to go up there and just make 11 changes and just protect everybody. Um, but you know, if we get through, um, then, then great, but I don't think it's the end of the world. If we get knocked out by Bradford, we know it's going to be a tricky place to go. Um, we've said it before. I really like that. I really like Bradford's ground. And if I wasn't doing something for, uh, for the football club that I'm chairman of this weekend, I would probably have gone up there because it's a nice Flex. round. Um, it's a, it's a really friendly place. It gets an awful lot of stick from people who know very little about it. Um, but actually the, the Bradford faithful are really, really friendly, really, really welcoming. Um, and it's an hour away from Dan. So what more could you want from an away game? You can pop into Dan's on the way home and have a cup of tea. No, you can't. Absolutely <laughs> not. Even all that negativity though, Adam, are you up for the cup? Not as much as I would like to be. I know. You've got to be excited about the I FA know. Cup. Look, look, it's, just... 
It's a competition it's that we go. all love. It's a competition yeah. that we all love. Whatever happens, like you say, it's going to come and go. If we get through, then fantastic. If we don't, I'm not going to be losing any sleep over it. Um, I just hope that everybody comes through it unscathed and we don't have an injury list longer than what we've already got coming out the other side of it. I think if we were going in it with a with a clean bill of health, I think I'd be really fired up for it, but there would be nothing worse than going up there, losing two or three more first-team players, um, and then, you know, ending up finishing 16th because we've we've gone for it in a one-off match against Bradford. So, yeah, my my feeling is it wouldn't be disastrous either way. I love the FA Cup. It wouldn't be disastrous either way. I will still watch the FA Cup regardless of whether Wickham are in it or not. Um, of course I want to win, but it won't make or break our season either way. According to you, if we have a couple of injuries, it is making or breaking our season, <laughs> so we'll see. Nah, it's, got, it's going to be good. I mean, look... Blooms wants to go for a cut run, doesn't he? I mean, he's, he said that. We're out the Carabao now. We might do well in the paint trophy. Yeah, who knows? But the FA Cup's the next one, and it's, it's a good opportunity. I think he'll probably keep to a stronger squad that he can, fitness-wise. I think you've got to keep the momentum going. I'm, I'm massively up for it. I just think it'll be brilliant. Um, this, I, I like Bradford away. I like the stadium. There's, they're always going to bring a few. Um, obviously, they haven't had a manager for a while, but I believe Dean Holden's going into that role. Um, mm. I think he was there last night, by all accounts, at Cambridge working game. Working talk sport, um, wasn't he? Yeah, so... He was working um, talk sport last night. Exactly. So, I think, you know, that, that might be a bit of a double-edged sword there where he was maybe checking us out for Saturday ahead of his potential new employers. But we shall see. Um, but no, I just, uh, you know, we, we've got to be up for it. We've got to go for it. We've had really crap couple of years with Hartlepool and Walsall, but I think Gaz didn't take the FA Cup maybe as seriously as Blooms did. So I'm quite hopeful. Um, they're going to be difficult because Andy Cook up front is really good and I don't think he should be in League Two. But if you actually look at their form so far this season, I think it's 1-5, drawn 5, lost 6, something like that. Mm. That's actually kind of towards the upper half of League One in terms of that level of form. So it kind of tells you how competitive League Two is this year, that they've been 16th and with that that kind of level of form. Yeah. I think that they, they're they just a club at the moment. That they're just trying to work out what the next stage, what the next phase. Bradford, you know, they've been up and down over, over the years. I mean, I'm sure we all remember the, the, the season that they played in the Prem. Um, yeah. They they kind of rose back up, didn't they? Get to the League Cup final uh, a few years ago. They did against Swansea. They went, yeah, yeah they went Swansea, on a big yeah. run of the summer cells. So um, never never easy, and we've not played them really enough, and we've not played them particularly recently for to to kind of really know what to uh, what to expect. With the exception of the fact wow. that we just know it's going to be always a challenge going up there. Last, um, last time was when they were in turmoil and Craig McHale Smith got a double. So that tells you how long ago it was. Uh, Craig McHale Smith. That's now 40 odd, isn't he? So. Mm. Um, predictions, boys. How do we think it's going to go? I'm going to say 1-1, one, one, um, which is the result that we really don't want um, because it's just another game. But yeah, I think 1-1, um, one, one, getting back down here and let's see what happens. As you said, they've got one or two players who, um, who really... You know, could play at a higher level. They've got um, 
can't think of the guy's name now. It's completely left my uh, left my mind. Harry Beautyman. Um, yeah, he's a he's a good player, and he like you say, Dan. Um, they got Smith up front. They've had a, some really odd results. So Saturday, who who saw that coming? Mm. Um, very 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 strange result. Um, um, yeah, it's um, yeah. Look, it, it's one of those games that really could be a. Um, so it's Cook, isn't it? The guy up front. Um, yeah. It's one of those games that it really could be a banana skin. I don't feel as negative about it, perhaps, as what I would as a, a, under Gaz, because, like you say, he didn't take the cup seriously. Um, but I'm not really, really concerned about the result. I would really like to see TJ given a start. Um, I what I've seen of sadly so far, I've been wildly disappointed with. Um, yes, he hasn't had a lot of of game time, but perhaps he this deserves. Could, this a could start. be his game. This yeah, could be it for him. Perhaps yeah. he deserves Absolutely. a start to, you know, to be able to have that ninety minutes to run it. I've not been been impressed with him at all, but it could be his game, you know. But um, I don't know whether Kian Brickins in a in a place where he can come back. Um, I don't know whether Deck might get a game. Um, you know, I, I don't think I said at the beginning about making eleven changes, and um, that was probably a bit of an exaggeration. But you know, I think four or five changes, we can we can still be competitive, and we've not really been in that position for a long time, have we? So let, let's let, let's hope that whatever happens, we come back. We haven't been smashed with a terrible performance we put up a good performance come back with a clean bill of health and you know if it is a draw like i think it's going to be then um then yeah it gives us a couple a couple of weeks to get people back um the schedule's cooling a little bit there's another international break coming up as well which by the way could come just at the right time for us mm. um so so you know look i'm i sound like i'm being really negative today and i appreciate that and i apologize to the people who are uh, who are listening to us three grumpy old men today but <laughs> but let let let's just uh let's just try and get over these next couple of weeks as it as quickly and as easily as we can and um and, you know i'm really confident that things will pick will pick back up and um you know won't cause us too many won't cause us too many troubles for uh for the christmas which is really swinging around but that Christmas break will uh, will tie us up in knots if we've still got seven or eight injuries going into it all all our season hinges on the performance against Bradford on Saturday if you listen to Adam <laughs> Cooper make or break this game huge what are you going down what's your prediction I'm going nil-nil because oh. no and the only reason is, is Mr. Mr. Going, Positive yeah. <laughs> no, right this is it's a bit of reverse psychology with, with the universe uh, here because I've been going 3-0, 4-1 and we've had some really shit games. So I'm going to go 0-0 and hope that we win 6-0 and Kieran Sadlier smells the, the fresh air of the north like he has done the last few seasons and bangs in a hat-trick. He stays there. He loves it up here. He loves it in Bolton and Rotherham and shit little northern towns let's uh let's see I, i'm gonna go two nil um to us um i think it will be um i think it'll be a test but i think we'll come out of it nicely and um you know if, if blooms and co are really up for it we'll uh we'll see but I'm, I'm i'm going optimistic someone on this podcast has to go optimistic uh let's see what happens uh gents uh, a pleasure as always thank you for joining and that will do it 
for this week. Thanks for joining for another episode of the Heroes of HP12. If you haven't already, please subscribe on Spotify. And if you're loving the podcast, help us out by leaving a five-star review. You can follow us on Twitter at Heroes of HP12. You can follow Adam at APCWWFC, Dan at Dan Clark PR, and Damien at Damo1507. We'll be back next week with more discussion on all things Chairboys. Until then, stay well and come on, you blues. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.